If you thought you knew what was going down with the Brian Flores lawsuit, think again. Some news that was kind of found out retroactively about how the Tennessee Titans hired Mike Mularkey back in 2016 actually could have a big impact on Flores' lawsuit and the case about how minority coaches are treated in the NFL. We'll talk about that, why receivers getting paid new money, and annoying things that athletes are doing on social media when they want to be petty. I'm Chris Carter here with your boy Q on the Locked On NFL podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He is your boy Q. It's the Friday edition. You can find the show on Apple Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on our video if you enjoy it. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily up, daily episodes and all of our breaking news updates on the NFL. Q, what's up, man? Man, what's happening? Feels good to be on this uh, Friday, man, talking some NFL action, closing out the week really strong. And please believe there's a lot to talk about and a lot that I'm fired up about. So let's get it going. And, and for once... I'm not fired up about anything that you're wearing or anything like that or your bad haircut. It's nothing to do with that. It all has to do with I don't football. have a bad haircut. Take I didn't say back. you had a bad haircut. I said I'm not fired up about your bad haircut. So today's not so a bad what, haircut But you're day. saying I have a bad haircut by saying you're not fired up about my bad haircut. No. You're, you say that I don't have a bad haircut. Say no, that. I'm saying you don't have a bad haircut right now. You have in the okay. past. Okay. Well, well, okay, that's just because I've let it grow out way too much. Right. And that's, that's Agreed. Different. Facts. Okay, so now at least, I just wanted to correct you right now. All right, my hair done deal. But anyway, let's get right to the big news. Now, as I said in the, in the, in the open of the show, this was kind of a, a breaking news, but not really breaking news because this was an interview that happened years that happened like two years ago. Now, for all we, we all know the, stat, the status of Brian Flores, right? He fought, he, he, when he was let go from the Dolphins, there were a lot of questions about that. But when he thought he was in consideration for the Giants, Bill Belichick sent him a text message that was meant for Brian Dable that revealed that the interview that Brian Flores was about to go on was a sham interview and that the Giants had already selected Brian Dable and were just going through the motions of Brian Flores, presumably because they just wanted to fulfill the Rooney rule, uh, you know, pro, uh, policy of the NFL about uh, uh interviewing minority high, uh, high head coach head coaching candidates so that lawsuit was in it was in effect a lot of people said oh that's not real he's being a crybaby he's being this excusing all these things and there's no other evidence of anyone else going through this well <laughs> that's not the case anymore no. because Ray Ray Horton who was defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans in 2014 and 2015 and went on an interview in 2016 to be the head coach he had felt that his interview was a sham the way that it was conducted but he didn't have any hard evidence to prove so but now we have hard evidence from actually an interview that was done in 2020 on the Steelers Realm podcast and the Steelers Realm podcast was interviewing uh, former former Steelers offensive coordinator Mike Mularkey, who won that 2016 head coaching job for the Titans. Mike Mularkey saying he was he was told by the Titans owner that he was going to be the next head coach, and he knew that while Ray Horton before Ray Horton even interviewed, and right. he didn't say anything then. He feels ashamed that he didn't, and he wants to do the right thing, and so he's putting it out there now. Now that's the thing. This was but two years before Brian Flores' situation even occurred, so. This now, and Ray Horton's added his name to the to the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit, which is a class action lawsuit, which means more people can join. Steve Wilkes has added his name. Yep. And this isn't just some, uh, this isn't hearsay. Like some people are saying, oh, this is hearsay. That's not what hearsay is. I went to law school. <laughs> 
Mike Malarkey is saying that this that the Titans owner told him to his face that he was given the information that he was the pick. It'd be different if he heard from a source from someone else that the Titans owner said that. Right. But the person in charge of that organization told him himself that is direct testimonial evidence. And I do think it really strengthens the case of Brian Flores. Might not win in the case. It's not the smoking gun that you want in a lawsuit because you need the Titans owner to say that and say something about about uh, Ray Horton as a black coach or, you know, and have more information on that. But this goes more to exactly what Brian Flores and other black coaches have been alleging of how the NFL has been doing their practices. It's something we've been talking about for quite a while now. And we know that this is the practice of the NFL and it's the practice of a, a lot of corporations and businesses across the country. You know, it's, it's the, you know, they hire who they're comfortable with. They're hire who they, they know and have run in the same circles with. And, and they just go through the motions of, okay, I got to go through this, that, and the other to get to where I really want to be. And so uh, we've all known for a very long time that, you know, the Rooney rule, even though it was play, put in place, for a good cause, good purpose, was never executed and was never really done correctly. It was always just uh, just basically check a box, you know. And so, unfortunately, uh, something that was put in place for something positive turned into just, well, okay, this is just a part of the procedure that we've got to go through. And that's what Brian Flores claims in his, claims in his lawsuit that basically he had the sham interview and now others are coming to the table and saying, yeah, we've had the sham interview too. But let's be honest about the situation. How many times do you see, oh, this guy's name is, oh, this guy's interviewing for the head coaching job for whatever team, and you're like, yeah, that's a Rooney Rule high or a Rooney Rule oh, interview. Yeah. I mean, we see it all the time, and I hate yep. it that guys like Mike Singletary are always part of that, and uh, Pep Marvin Hamilton, Lewis. Marvin Lewis gets it. Yeah, Marvin Lewis gets it all the time. There's a lot of guys that you know that all of a sudden, as soon as you see their name, T. Martin was a guy that you see a name mm. attached to, and you're like, that's not a that's not a real uh, uh, you know a real deal interview. And unfortunately, these guys that are going for the interview want to be a real deal interview. They don't right. want to be just a box check. And so that's the unfortunate part. So it's just got to get to a place where the people that are in position to make hires, and I've said this multiple times, have to start changing the way that they think. The way that they think, they have to start being more open-minded and start getting out of that circle of, well, these people are the ones that we run with, so that's who you know we're going to put in place to, to, to run our team. They've got to start thinking outside the box, giving more opportunities, and uh, maybe expanding their circle of people that they run with to give more opportunities. And so I think at some point, they're going to continue to try to evolve this, you know, go from one, the Rooney rule to where it's at now, where they're trying to get offensive assistance, being people of minority. I mean, you see the NFL is doing little small things here and there to try to tweak it because I don't think there's any kind of real science on how you can make right. someone hire someone that they don't necessarily want to hire. Like you can't force someone to hire someone that they don't want to hire just by putting a, a rule in, in place because you could always go around the rule. Yeah, unless the rule is you got to hire X person. Right, which is not, right, I mean, like, which I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy no. hired because you say, well, you have to put that black guy exactly. in your staff. No one wants to be put in that Q, situation. That's you. Right. You know, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you're right. just hiring me because, you know, of my color. That's no thanks. I'll, yeah. I'll pass, <laughs> you know? Right. So, exactly. And know? that's the whole point here is that right. no one's no one's saying we, these people these people should just be just given like, hey, like, put them and push them into the right. job just to push them into the job. But the point is, is that they're being excluded. Right. And this is part of this. This is part of what's called 
called institutional racism. This is part of called it was something that they you know they're not sitting there and saying ah get these black people out of these jobs. They're they're sitting there saying hmm, I'm going to pick the guy that I most relate to. And right. oftentimes when it comes to employment decisions, you pick people people pick people within their own race. It happens quite often, and and not just in the NFL in the real world. Right. And again, this is the, all their point is that is like look. We're just tired of being put on these 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 fake interviews, right. and we, we do want a legitimate shot. We deserve a legitimate shot because a lot of us are really good coaches. Right. Um. And uh, and I think you know for all the people out there that were saying, oh, that's not a thing. That's not that's not happening. We now have a white coach who has now come out and said that I was one of the people that benefited right. from these practices. Right. So not only do they exist, but the people that are benefiting from them are like, yeah, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Like, like we need, we, this, this needs to stop. So right. I, I, not that the NFL will take a hard look at itself because again, you know, uh, brother Bomani Jones on a, you know, he's got the game theory show now, but he's mm -hmm. made a point for years with his, uh, the right time podcast. He's like, listen, the Rooney rule as nice as it seemed, it was more of something so that the NFL could say, look, we did our thing. We're, right. be, we're, 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 we want to be diverse, but they don't really care. They just want money and they, and they, and their owners want to win so that they can get more money. And Thanks. that's the bottom line here. So all this lawsuit is continuing to say, like, look, man, if y'all actually want to care about diversity, if y'all actually want to care about being fair and giving people real opportunities, things got to change. I'm not sure they will. But and uh, as because Mike Tomlin just said a couple weeks ago at the owners meetings, he's like, you got no confidence that the NFL is going to actually do anything to change this. Right. So it's got to it's got to it's got to be an evolution. I mean, simple as that. It's got to be an evolution. I'll probably never be around to actually see it come full circle and evolve. You probably won't either because it's going to take a whole lot of uh, understanding, a lot of open mind and uh, a lot of change. And the change always starts at the top. So, I mean, it's as simple as that. But at least it feels like at least to me from my end, it feels like people are understanding that there's an issue. And if you understand that there's an issue, that's the beginning steps of fixing that issue. Absolutely. I've said all along, the biggest thing is the decision makers have to change. Right. And I don't think that's ever going to happen until people start getting pushed out the league. But uh, that being said, we got a lot more to talk about. That's like actual football stuff on the field. We're going to talk about wide receivers because Stephon Diggs got paid. We talked about – there were guys we talked about on this show that earlier in the week, but we want to look at a more global position as far as how wide receivers are getting paid across the NFL as they start to move forward into this new expanded salary cap era. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Major League Baseball started up opening day was Thursday, so get in on the action when you go to betonline.net. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action when you visit BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's your boy Q. It's the Friday edition. Q, Stephon Diggs got the bag yeah. this week. And everyone's talking about the bag and, and and about that, but there's he's not the only one. Tyreek Hill got a huge payday. He's averaging thirty million dollars a year for his contract. Devontae Adams got paid by the Raiders. Your he got he got everything cover. started. Devontae Adams really got the ball rolling, right? He he, re he really did it. Twenty eight million dollars yeah. a year. Uh, but you're you're looking at, at at this new age of paying wide receivers this kind of money. Like it's funny, you know, just about five years ago. You would have looked at the Steelers and said, "Oh, they're paying the receivers because they had they had Antonio Brown and they were paying him. I think he was the highest paid wide receiver right. at one point. And now these contracts are making that look like a joke. Right? You know, it's just it's interesting to me to see how 
how people are are getting paid. But I, I think one thing when people are seeing these numbers and some people are freaking out, it's important to remember this: the salary cap is set to skyrocket mm-hmm. over the next few years because of betting, because of the extra games that are being played. Like this year, it's, a, it's set at two hundred and eight. Uh, million two hundred thousand dollars next year is projected to jump up to 225 million the year after that 256 million so what we understand <laughs> right and, and those are just projections like, right, right we don't even we don't know for sure though but the, what we understand as to be the numbers that we've always thought wide receivers and quarterbacks and defensive and, and edge rushers and all and stuff like that how they should be paid those numbers are going to fluctuate over the next four or five years right well the thing about it is now wide receivers corners you know, you're seeing edge rushers. They're all getting paid like quarterbacks. And quarterbacks yep. are getting paid like superhumans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, think about this. I mean, $20 million, $28 million a year for a wide receiver was unheard of just a couple seasons right. ago. That was legit quarterback money. I mean, there was a time, and I'm not trying to make it about the Raiders just because I host the Locked On Raiders podcast, but there was a time Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in the league at just yep. about $25 million a year. $25 yep. million. Now Aaron Rodgers is at 50. You know yeah, what I mean, it's, and then it's going through the roof, and the contracts are guaranteed for the the the, the tip of the top. You know the elites. Mm-hmm. You know the Aaron Rodgers, the the guys like that. Kirk Cousins, who's not even elite, he's found a way to. I don't know what who his agent is, but he's Man, the best agent he, in the agent world. Needs paid. Yeah, his agent's the best agent in the world because he's gotten everything guaranteed for like the last five contracts. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's doing everything the right way. But you're seeing the money that's given out to the wide receivers right now. You're seeing guys take. Shorter deals, but more guaranteed money. And in the NFL, that's what it's all about, guaranteed money. I would do that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Why would I want a seven-year deal where three years are guaranteed or whatever? Instead, just give me the three-year contract that's fully guaranteed or close to it. That's what I'd rather have because everything else is just monopoly money. Exactly, and, and that's that's what you that's what you want. You want money in your hand, right? That is, you know it's coming to you, and it, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what organizations continue are able to hold up and resist against that. Because that's like the Steelers don't do guaranteed money unless you're a quarterback, right? right? That was what that's why Le'Veon Bell had his fit, and he had a holdout for an entire season. He wanted he wanted all this guaranteed money, and they're like, listen, buddy. How we do it is we guarantee some money up front, you know, in your first two years, but the rest of the years we leave open because we're going to move that money around. We're going to say, hey, and as long as you're playing well, it's like, hey, you know what? We're going to give you this. We're going to move this up into your third year and give you all this right. money now, but we need to be able to move around salary cap numbers because we like to be, have that flexibility so that if we need to add a cornerback, like Joe, they, 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 when Joe Hayden was, was there, we'll have the flexibility. And I'm intrigued to see how many NFL teams are able to resist that going into this new age because, again, the the money that's being spent by teams it, it, people are thinking like wow this is ridiculous wow this is ridiculous it's going to get even crazier right when these salary cap numbers continue to go up you know like it, it, it we were talking about this before but like patrick mahomes's contract yeah. when, he, when they signed that 10-year contract for all his buku money you're like what in the world is this? What well, they're paying him to now? You're like, that's a steal compared right. to how these quarterbacks are signing. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, you know. And, and you know, just looking at the the wide receiver position because they're the ones that have been dominating the headlines the last few weeks. You know, really ever since Devontae Adams got paid and then Tyreek Hill, these guys that are the elite of the elite, they're actually having the the NBA power now, where they're saying, hey, like Tyreek Hill said, I'm not going to get paid less than him. You know what I mean? He just got yeah. this. I'm just as valuable, if not more. I'm not going to get paid less than him. Either pay me or trade me. And, well, they traded him. And he got the bag from Miami. Is it going to work out? Who knows? But he got what he needed, which was the money. He got he got the guaranteed contract. Miami felt comfortable doing it. The, the, the thing about it is the teams that feel like that they're close and they're one 
big-time player away, I feel like are going to be willing to make these kind of moves. You know, and I'm not saying Miami's a team that feels like they're close, but they're building that team like they feel like they're close, right? They're doing a lot. They're making a lot of moves, uh, giving out a lot of contracts, uh, trading a lot of way, a lot of draft capital, but they also had all the ammunition in the chamber. They also had that, you know, they, and they had that draft capital, and they still have a ton of draft capital. So uh, some teams are being very strategic with what they do. And, you know, like I said, I could say per- personally from what I see from a distance, and look, we were on the on this very show when the Devontae Adams trade news broke. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, it was still one of the wildest moments here on the show. But, I mean, Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, he believes that this team is built like it can go win right now if you have a difference maker at the wide receiver position. So they go out and make the move for Devontae Adams. They give him what they got. And now all of a sudden they have a three-headed monster in Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. And they feel like, okay, that offense could compete with any offense in the league. And really, the Rams, Tampa Bay, the Chiefs, they've really created this monster because of all these high-flying offenses that they have. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a new age. The NFL. When you get your quarterback, yep. you better you better find it. And that's the other thing about the Dolphins. Do they, do they have their quarterback? I don't, don't think know. so. I don't think so. Yeah. And the yeah, other thing is, the other little side note is, if you can get your quarterback, like the Chargers, are a perfect example. They have their quarterback still on a rookie deal. You could build mm-hmm. around that dude if you still have the quarterback on a rookie deal. Now, when you have to pay him, like the Chiefs paid Mahomes, like the Raiders are going to have to pay Derek Carr, like whatever team is having to pay their quarterback, you know, Josh Allen and Buffalo, all these quarterbacks that are going to get paid or have gotten paid, now all of a sudden that limits a little bit. You know, the teams still find ways to do it. I mean, they have teams of guys that are working these contracts, but they, they, they find ways to do it. But if you can be fortunate and get your quarterback on a rookie deal like the Chargers have with Justin Herbert, then you really could blow up that team and really build around it offensively and defensively. And so that's what the Chargers are, are trying to do. Is it going to work? Who knows? I mean, look in Houston. Even Brandon Cooks got paid. Yeah, and Houston's not even a good team. Right, like they what, stink. What, what are they playing? They got Davis Mills at quarterback. Right, like, exactly. But they gave him a two-year extension. They gave him plenty of money, almost $40 million guaranteed. I mean, and that's not even top dollar, but that's still for a guy that has, one, concussion history, and two, he's playing on a terrible team. He's still getting almost, you know, $40 million guaranteed. Nothing wrong with that. And that's what these guys are showing that they have the power to do now. Yeah, get paid, man. We're not saying we're not saying don't get paid. No, we're get just paid. saying, wow, yeah. they're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just that's just more more of what it is. But no, I agree with you, Q. And it's also crazy. You talk about the Chargers; they got two of the highest paid per year guys at wide receiver in the NFL right now. And the top the top six is Tyreek Hill at thirty million a year, Devontae Adams at twenty eight million a year, DeAndre Hopkins at twenty seven point two five million a year. DJ Moore at 20.6 million a year, but then back to back at five and six, Keenan Allen at 20.2, uh, 20, uh, basically yep. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both yep. at get making 20 million a year around that for the Chargers. Uh, it, so it's crazy. It's like an uh, we we've always talked about the arms race of quarterbacks. Now right. it's like an it's like an arms race for wide receivers to try to find those playmakers that'll best pair mm-hmm. with your star quarterback and tight so, ends, tight ends that are big time players. You know the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles, yep. the Darren Wallers. You know the Mark Andrews. So you know the guys like that, the big time tight ends, they're getting paid too. Uh, George Kittle, fifteen million a year. Travis Kelsey, fourteen point three. Dallas Goddard, fourteen point yep. two. March Mark Andrews, fourteen. Hunter Henry, twelve point five. John Smith, twelve point five. G's and uh, David and Joku currently on that. I believe on that right. franchise. Yeah, yes. We'll see. We'll, and Waller's about to get paid. You watch, trust and believe. He's he's very <laughs> low on the totem pole right now as far as salary. 
That ain't gonna last long, brother. That's not. He's represented, yeah, well, he's represented by Clutch wallet? Sports. <laughs> wow, he's he's got he's got seven point five million dollars, but he's thirty years old. I'm intri- I'd be interested to see what he gets paid. I know at, 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 at his age, the Steelers though they're liking themselves right now with Pat Fryermuth sitting there at one point five yep. million dollars a year for the next yep. three seasons. They are happy to be keeping it exactly keeping right. Down. But what some people aren't happy about Q is how players get. When they're in free agency and they might leave, they might not leave. And the things that they do when you and I, as guys who have to cover all these teams, have to deal with it. We'll talk about what our biggest pet peeve about that situation is. But first, let's talk about our great sponsor, Built Bar. It's that time of the year where people are starting to look at the, 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 the spring and like, oh, man, April's here? Man, I got to get my summer body right. Well, guess <laughs> what? The Built Bar's here to help you do that with the treat that's going to taste like a candy bar but be as healthy as a protein bar because it is a protein bar. And if you haven't tried the new Puffs flavors, you're missing out because they're the best tasting built bars around. They're protein infused marshmallows and they're fluffy marshmallow and they're a tasty treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and they're so good. And if you want a regular built bar, they're awesome too because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're low in calorie, but high in protein. The average built bar has 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. But the average candy bar can be having 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There's so many flavors to choose from, from coconut almond to peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, you name it, they probably got it. And you can go and find all those flavors at Built.com where they'll have their your favorite Built Bar delivered right to your door. When you go to Built.com, be sure to use that promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order of Built Bars when you visit built.com back here on the locked on nfl podcast i'm chris carter he's your boy q on the friday edition now q oh man we i, I teased that i'm already segment fired up man there. i'm already fired up it, it, listen he listen q requested this segment <laughs> like like this is like it's something that i found like yeah that is annoying but man nah, you, you man. went off on on, on guys who are, are either about to be free agents or are trying to negotiate, and when they when they hit their Instagram or their Twitter page, they scrub their profile of anything that the team that they was with. And now everyone's like, ooh, do they hate the Cardinals? Ooh, do they hate the Patriots? I don't know. Like, And it's like when that happens, it's like, come on, man. Like, Because I, 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 you, you have a problem with this. But let people know what's your problem. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a real issue with this. Look, I get it, man. I, I'm the old dude in the room. That's fine. Okay, I, I can embrace that. I have if you're watching yeah. on YouTube. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the grays on my face. You can see the grays in the beard. It's cool. I'm with that, you know. But, I, you know, still look good and still rock a, a, a good hairstyle. But that's beside the point. The point is when these guys get upset because they don't have their contract extension or they want their contract extension, like a Debo Samuel, who's the latest to do what I'm about to talk about, and that is scrub the social media of all things that represent his team. So he takes the 49ers profile picture off of his Twitter or his Instagram. He deletes yeah. 80, 80 or 800 posts, whatever it was. He deleted a bunch of posts. I don't need all that. I mean, it's just, it's right. unnecessary. Look, if you want a contract extension, and Debo Samuel has earned a contract extension, I know he's going into the final year of his deal. And hey, it's good. I get it. It makes sense. You know, you don't want to go into the year, a lame duck year, and you never know what could happen, especially in the NFL. You can get injured, and then all of a sudden that affects your money. So yeah, after you've earned a certain contract, I get it. You want it. Fine. No problem. The way to get it is not going on social media and scrubbing it of that. That doesn't tell me anything except for you're a child. 
And this yeah. is when you're talking about all kind of money that they're talking about, big time money, as we talked about in segment number two. Your social media, to me, I'm not worried about your social media. If you want to talk about a contract, you either tell your agent or you do it yourself. You walk into the office and say, hey, look, going into the final year of my deal, would love to get a contract extension done. Where are we at? And you talk man-to-man, face-to-face, whatever the case may be, man-to-woman, it doesn't matter. You don't have to go on social media the way of Debo Samuel now, Kyler Murray before that, this person before that. And that's all they do. And I know Kyler Murray said that's what the kids do. I get it. That's cool. That's why I embrace being the older in the room. I'm fine with that. But that's not the way you handle business. You know, you don't if, – if, if, if I'm in a slight position of being able to hire people at my job. And I get it. My job is not the same as what they're doing in the NFL, and the money will never be the same. But I'll tell you what. If a young radio dude below me decides he wants to come into – or wants, a, wants a, a raise at the job, and he starts scrubbing his social media of the radio station and all this, and that's not going to get him a raise. That's not even going to get him a conversation. You know, it's going to make me laugh. I'm going to laugh at that because I don't care. But now if he comes into the office and says, hey, Q, this is what's been going on. We've been working like this, and, you know, we've been doing some really good things, and I make this much, and I think that, you know, it's about time to maybe look at my, my, my pay and adjust it. Then at least, even if I don't agree with that, I'll, I'll respect it because he came to me like a man and talked to me instead of just, I'm going to scrub my social media. What does that even mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the only thing I care about on your social media is that you're not damaging the brand. You know what I'm right. saying? You're not putting something out there stupid that's disrespectful and offensive to people or, so, you know, something like that. That's all I care about. Besides that, I don't care if you say that you work at the radio station, if you say you work on Mars. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. And if you work on Mars, that's great. Bring back something, you know? Q, has, has anyone ever scrubbed their social media uh, as an employee employee under you? No, no, because if they did, I'd laugh at them and, I, and tell them that they can always go work at the uh, at the corner store up the street. I, I mean, like I, I think about myself in, in so many like different times where I wanted more money or felt like I deserved more money or I earned more money. I never in my life thought that the way to get it would be to go on social media and, and decide that I'm going to unlist all my employers or whatever, you know, Hey, I'm taking locked on NFL off my podcast, off my Twitter page because I'm not making enough. We're like, what are you talking about? What do you do? You just call someone up or you talk to someone and say, Hey, this is the situation. And again, even if you don't get it, that's fine. It's just at least you right. went and, and, and you'll get the respect of the organization by just talking to them or having your agent. That's what your agent is there for. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. your agent is the one that could be the bad guy. That's why you hire them, right? I'm agreed. I'm going yeah, to it, that, that's the whole point. Of, that, that's the whole point of that, of that process. It's just I, I think that there's there's a lot of guys out there as far as players who think that, you know, they're not you know, their agents might not be letting them, you know, be in the conversation and they're just impatient with their situation or they don't understand what's going on. And they think, ah, you know what? I thought this team was was loyal to me. And it turns out they're not. That, that is something, though, that I, I think could be part of it. Players are often disillusioned about how business works in the NFL until the business decisions start. Well, being look at made. Baker Mayfield. He made a bad at, decision oh, on social media. Oh, boy. That that decision. I still to this day think if Baker Mayfield doesn't post his his letter right. with his middle name and stuff, yeah, the tra- the Browns never never pay that money to trade for Deshaun Watson. He's he's still the guy in Cleveland, and he can and and, and if he truly wanted to leave, he could have told them in behind closed doors right. and be like, trade me, and he'd probably be like Matt Ryan and be somewhere well, else. He, right yeah, now. he'd probably be traded already because the rest of the league wouldn't have known that he's a child. 
You know, yeah, again, exactly. I mean, I mentioned it. We mentioned it here on the show. The day that I knew that Baker Mayfield's middle name was Reagan is there was a problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I should never have known that. But I only knew that because he put out some big old long social media posts. You don't have to press send. If you're in your emotions, mm-hmm. call your friend. Call your girlfriend. Call your employer. Do what you got to do. I don't need to know about it because when I know about it, then I know, oh, this guy's in his feelings and he's very childish. And that's, what he, that's the message he sent to the rest of the league. Oh, hey, I'm a child. And guess what the Browns said? We want an adult in the room. Yeah. And they went out and got Deshaun Watson with all his baggage, and that's what they claim they wanted an adult in the room. So what does that tell you about you? Says a lot. And and again, it's those types of things that I think NFL teams are – if you're a superstar, they right. might be like, all right, all right, calm right. down. Man. I mean, the Steelers for years kept Antonio Brown under wraps. Like if Nobody even knew he was a, a menace. Nobody even knew. Nobody I don't. Knew. I don't know what Mike Tomlin was doing, but he had some Jedi mind tricks where he was he was keeping it, making it look like AB was a great dude. Every once in a while, he flipped out on the field, but that was it. That was it. Like yeah, and even in Pittsburgh, he was a prince. Like he right. walked around here, everyone was like, AB, we love you. Now it's like, yo, you're crazy. Right. Nobody likes you. Like and but if you think about like like that ability to to to, to work with guys, that's that's one of the important management skills I think that coaches have to have when they're developing relationships with their players. But um, but you know, th- this is part of what you also have to do in today's NFL. These guys that are making this kind of money. They're gonna get personal. Right. Yeah, they're they're gonna say they're gonna see these business business decisions as being bigger than that, and they're gonna be like, you know what, man, I'm gonna I don't like this team anymore, and I'm gonna try to do this. But I feel you. It's something that N- the NFL athletes shouldn't do. It's not help, and that's the thing. It's not helping your case. It's not helping it's the doing, cause at all. If anything, it's just like Kevin Durant going on social media. The only person that's really benefiting is just it gets it gets your ego going a little bit when you see right. other people tweeting out or liking your Instagram. Kevin post Durant or like has that. burner accounts. Like we know exactly. that Kevin Durant has a burner account now. Which exactly. I don't have time hardly to manage my own Twitter account, let alone uh, a fake one, just to make sure I can defend myself Same. when someone says, "You know what I mean?" Like think about this. Spend that energy somewhere else. Right, you could do you could do so much more with show with show life, right? And not do, not not having a burner, not doing these extra these extra. And again, they're passive aggressive and they're petty. It's with the, with very the petty. Yes, it, and it doesn't just, it doesn't help. Kyler Murray, people think Kyler Murray is very childish now because of what he did. Where it doesn't help your image, and nobody knew that, regardless if he is or not. Nobody knew that until he nope. went and did his little social media thing and he decided to act very childish. And now that's the perception. And unfortunately, perception is reality more times than not. It certainly is. And uh, and again, you you're, if, if you're trying – when you're Kyler Murray and you're trying to develop an image, you're trying right. to be you're, – you're, you're trying to say, say, say like, hey, this is who I'm going to be when you hire me. Uh, and that that's not the way you want to put it because now that's gonna follow you until you shake it, and those th- and, and those impressions are very hard to shake, yep. even if you go and win like two Super Bowls back to back. So, um, I, I'm right with you, Hugh. It's something that, that that needs to stop. It's something that is annoying, and as as people who who cover the NFL, it just makes no doggone sense why people are doing. <laughs> you it. don't have to tweet it. everything. You don't have to you press don't. send. It's my final you words. Don't. <laughs> there you go well that those are our final words here on the lockdown nfl podcast he's your boy qq let people know you can find you follow you and get more of your work you can find me on twitter <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just talked about social media for a whole segment, and you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> you can, see, you can su- subscribe, you know, follow us as we on our social media. But I won't be in my feelings. I won't get in my feelings. I promise. At your boy Q two five four on Twitter is where you can find all my work from Locked On NFL, Locked On Raiders, Locked On Bets, radio shows, everything I do. You can find right there in one spot. At your boy Q two five four, and I promise I won't be in my feelings. Chris, where can they find you? Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques, where I'm. I I'll get in my feelings sometimes. He's like, very Drake like, so he does wait, get in his wait, feelings sometimes. Uh, oh, okay. First of all, people people say I look like Drake. People say I look like Cam Hayward. People say I look like Jerome Bettis. People say I look like Aaron Donald. People say I look like DJ Khaled. That's offensive. Um, and <laughs> but, oh, no. but yes, yes. So trust me, I, I get that all the time. That, that if you want to get me emotional, you say those things or you post like pictures of me next to the next to them, and I'll be like, that's not funny, man. But it is actually kind of funny. I actually really laugh about it a lot but anyways uh but follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques follow this show on apple spotify google podcast odyssey and watch it on youtube like this video if you enjoyed it hit the subscribe button to the lockdown nfl podcast our, our youtube channel to get all of our daily updates from all of our hosts throughout the week we're going to take a break uh and come back to you on monday with more on the nfl see what happens over the weekend q it seems like every weekend there's a new update that happens that changes the entire landscape of the nfl we'll see what that is on monday